You are listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM this morning. We are going to just get into it. We have Bible study coming up. We do. We have no way for you guys to text us, unfortunately. Usually so we'd love time, to hear from you. We'd do text messages. But just call you us. can call us. Bruce has been calling us. You want to have it, you say, you want to answer some quiz questions, get on the number 0491-064-669. Give us a call and we'll listen to what you have to say. Okay, so we've got a couple of things uh, that, that are happening here this morning. First of all, we are going to have another question for our quiz. And after that, we're going to have a special prayer for one of our super fans. Absolutely. The Bible says sheep and the other barn animals were present at Jesus' birth. True or false? So the true or false question. I hope you got your fingers on those phone Does buttons. Does the ready Bible to... say that sheep and other barn animals were present at Jesus' birth? True or false? Just have to give us give us an answer. What what does scripture say? Were sheep and other barn animals present there in the you know in the in the stable? Well, there's lots of nativity scenes around. Yeah. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What does the Bible actually say? Be the first caller through and you will get the point. Beat Bruce. Okay. Yes. Bruce is yes. Bruce is just absolutely wielding that phone. Yes. Straight straight into the winner's circle. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. True or false, the Bible says that sheep and other barn animals were present at Jesus' birth. So we're going to have a we're going to have a very special prayer this morning for Christopher mm. Randall. He's one of our super fans here on Faith FM. Often is in contact with the show, shares his thoughts and ideas, and we've interviewed him from time to time. Uh, just a guy who is just a wonderful human being. He's experienced God in his life in very very powerful ways, and we just found out that he lost his oldest daughter yesterday. Mm. And you know, it's often said that no parent should outlive their children. Um, and so this is just a, a real tragedy. So we're just going to pray mm. for pray for Christopher Randall this morning. Father in heaven, we pray that you'll be with Christopher and his family as they are in a time of shock and mourning. This was something apparently sudden and unexpected. Mm. Father, we pray that you will give them comfort at this time, that you'll come close to them, that they will know that your presence is there, and that you will just surround them with your holy angels and draw them near to you in this time of grief. Give them the strength and the courage that they need to deal with the challenges that this will bring and draw them closer together as a family, but above all, closer to you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I see producer Shell out there on the phone. Let's see. Yep, she's going to plug it in. And who are we going to be talking to this time? This is Susanna. Oh, Oh, Susanna. Susanna. Okay, so that question was, true or false, the Bible says sheep and other barn animals were present at Jesus' birth. What do you think the answer is? Uh, Look, I'm not 100% sure. If it was in New Zealand, I reckon there would definitely be sheep there. Uh Um, (laughs) But I'm saying saying no. Oh, she's gone with false. false. The Bible doesn't say that. Okay, but he was in, he was Jesus was born in a in a in, in a in a stable, which was where you would yes. typically have animals. But Susanna, yes. Susanna, you have Suzanne, Suzanne you have chosen yes. correctly. It is false. The Bible doesn't say, which is quite subversive. It is. But you have given us the right. We've had all right answers on the phone this morning. So congratulations! Just well done. Absolutely using their brains, and you're going to get that point. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you, for, thank you for joining us here. Thank you so much. Uh, continuing on, though, as you were saying. Well, yes. I was saying, what was I saying? We just had prayer we, and then we, we had, had prayer. Suzanne. And we had Suzanne. 
Uh, she got the correct answer. Oh, yes, I was saying that, you know, there's uh, lots of nativity scenes all over the place mm-hmm. right now, and you can see lots of animals. That's and we right. assume there was animals there. That's right. And you'll see... But th- that's an assumption. And you'll see three wise men, which we... Yeah, which we know weren't there because they came later. Yeah, but... That is appropriate but, for them. But then the, we don't the even... part of the story. So let's, th- let's have... That's the other side, Lyle. We don't even know men. if there was three. No, but there was three gifts. That's right. So people just assume there was three wise men, but... Could have been twenty. Maybe there was. They pulled their money together. You know, those things were pretty expensive. We don't know. Mm. These are some things that we don't know. So, mm. a few subserve, sub, subversive questions out there. Um, and and I think it would be a very accurate assumption to make that there was animals in the stable because mm. that's what stables are for. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, um, it uh, it doesn't actually say that. Mm-hmm. Even though you'll find it in every storybook that there is out there in the pictures. Another assumption that I made, now this might be just changing the topic real quick, but we were just talking about this in our break. Dude, you don't even need to study to become a doctor. You can just become the Prime Minister of Australia. And then become a doctor. And then they'll They'll just 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 let you you become a doctor. doctor. Then they'll just say, you're a doctor now. Which is what happened last night at the University of Newcastle. I went to their graduation, and Julia Gillard was there. And they were like, "You're in a, you're a doctor now." Yes, so indeed. I was like, "Wow, that happened. that's imp- I that that's the that it's that called is a, an honorary degree. That is a that is a path that you can go down. Recognition of prior learning. It's a hard path to go down. Yeah, and it will take you some time. If you, you just have to become prime minister. If you want a PhD, I would suggest going down the the educational path is much. More reliable. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, we got another caller coming through. Who have we got this time? So we have Bruce on the line, and Bruce mm. wants to ask you guys a question. Oh, oh no. Okay. Oh, no. Here we go. Bruce, yeah. welcome to the show again. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it's our turn to ask you guys a question. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you thought. Um, it's about that question about Emmanuel being God with us. Uh-huh. Well, how many times is Emmanuel the word written in the Bible? Uh, I'm going to go with one as my guess. Lawson, what are you going to go with? Uh, that's, just, well, that's just what first comes to my mind. Well, if it's quoted by Matthew later in the book, then that's at least twice, right? Because it was written. Well, it was it was written by someone. It was quoted later, or no? I is is it only once? You want want me to tell you the answer now? You're yeah, both you, wrong. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. And, <laughs> Interesting, because it's written three times in the Bible, and in the Old Testament two times and once in the New. Now, in the Old Testament, it's written I, Manuel. It starts with an I. And if you think about I and the next letter M, so I am, in other words, <laughs> I am, you know. Uh-huh. But in the New Testament, he became a man, and so he's Emmanuel. So he became E, one at last, part of the earth. So interesting, isn't it? That we, is we can, incredibly we can, uh, we can always trust you to have an interesting take on, an interesting object lesson on all the words in the Bible. But I want you to all know that I was closer t- than Lyle was. Lyle said once and I said twice. Yeah, well, uh, see, I was thinking, well, it says it in Matthew, and that's the only place in the New Testament that says it. And forgetting, of course, the obvious that Matthew was quoting from the, the Old, Old Testament. Testament. That's right. Ah, uh, silly Lyle. Hey, Bruce, <laughs> thank you so much for that Thanks question. So much, Bruce. That was good fun. Okay, so producer Shell. Thank you, producer Shell, for for sending us out there. We are going to get into our Bible study. I'm I'm typing Emmanuel into my Bible study. 
I'm typing Emmanuel into my Bible study, uh, into my Bible software, and I must be getting the spelling wrong because I just can't get it to come up at all. Mm. Um, I've tried like three different. I have to look it up in the Book of Matthew. <laughs> This is this is just this is just uh, Lyle's Lyle's this actually is frustrating this is me. Him. This is frustrating me. Mm. Anyway, uh, we should go to our Bible study mm. for today. Our twenty million movement Bible study. Interesting having Blake here yesterday. He's just in the big that that who's just done that big trip around the world uh-huh. and how he found people all over the world doing the twenty million people twenty million people Bible twenty million movement movement Bible study. Mm-hmm. And he listed off all the different countries where he went to and wow. joined a small group doing the same Bible study. Ah, oh, that's, that's... Not, not on air, but live, We like yeah, as a small group. Like, and you can do it all over Australia. I mean, it doesn't matter like where you in are in Australia, <laughs> in real life. You can get together once a week with a bunch of people who will sit around in a small group to study this subject, and mm. you will be way ahead of them if you listen here on Faith FM Radio. That's right. Okay, so this morning we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm. And this is a really important subject, particularly when we look at the... Uh, indivisible nature of man and the mm. influence of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit uh, leads us and fills us mm. and changes us to become like God, mm-hmm. um, to become like Jesus. It doesn't turn us into God. Mm. It helps us to live like Jesus would live his life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not any surprise that Satan tries to distort our understanding of the nature and the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got some out there who deny the personality of the Holy Spirit. You've got others that just emphasize the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are real things. Mm-hmm. But when you do an actual Bible study on the Holy Spirit, what you find is that those passages that reference the gifts of the Spirit are definitely in the minority. Mm-hmm. It's not the primary function of the Holy Spirit. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Okay, so a bunch of Bible verses we're going to look at here. Let's start in Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. Romans 5 and verse 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, as I find it on the page where the Bible says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Okay. So what is the function of the Holy Spirit right here? Filling our hearts with love. Okay. So we can get sidetracked with, you know, like, oh, the gifts. Mm. And what really frustrates me is that even when you look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Mm. And you've got you know gifts like say for instance prophecy. Mm. It's mentioned five hundred and thirty times in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then you get uh, gifts like say the gift of tongues. Mm. And okay, for all of our charismatic friends this morning, this one might be challenging for you. Which is mentioned five places in the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm. Yeah, prophecy outranks it on a ratio of one hundred to one. Mm. And yet there are whole churches out there today that are built around those five places. Mm. And and like the absolute need to possess it as well, you do come across that. I have met many people who 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 will tell me if you have not spoken in tongues, you have not received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and if you have not spoken in tongues and received the gift of the Holy Spirit, you have not received Jesus Christ. Mm. I've met people who actually say that, actually believe that, and it's all about speaking in tongues. And what now? I'm not against speaking in tongues. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, the Bible. 
you know, read Acts chapter 2. The Bible will give you 14 different yeah. languages right there that they spoke in. Yeah. But also clearly defines what speaking in tongues actually, yeah, actually does. is yeah. uh, as well. Like the purpose of speaking tongues, which is an evangelistic tool that God has given us to share the gospel in many languages. But I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's quite interesting that there's such a focus. And I remember, I remember seeing, it's interesting because charismatic churches have kind of two routes, like two different styles. You have like modern Pentecostal non-denominational people who are like you, you heal songs and you, you non-denominational churches. And then on the other side, you have your conservative, conservative Pentecostals yes. who like go to church and they're wearing a suit and tie and they only read the King James. They only read the King like James. Me. All, all these kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. Like Lyle, uh, our <laughs> resident conservative Pentecostal. Uh, <laughs> no, but, um, They'll be fully into dress reform and absolutely. long hair for women I remember and long dresses. And I watched a sermon one time. I was just, I was just interested. I'm like, what do these guys preach about? And I watched a sermon from a conservative Pentecostal con- convention where, you know, it was, it was actually a sermon for young people. And the guy was talking about the evils of having a beard and how having a beard is actually not being clean shaven is, is putting uh, space between you and God and not and, and not you're then not enabled or able to receive the power of the Holy Spirit to then be able to speak in tongues. If you have a beard. If you have a beard. Do you and, not read that, that do you not read that passage in the Bible where it says you should not trim your beard? Oh, but that's the Old Testament law. Oh, yeah, and yeah, and they yeah. don't read the Old Testament because, you know, that's that's but they're like it was it was so interesting. The and the guy was asserting he's like having a beard is compromise, and if you compromise, you won't receive the Holy Spirit, and if you don't receive the Holy Spirit, you won't speak in tongues, and you have not received Christ if you don't speak in tongues, which, again, they interpret as a angel between uh, a language between you and angels, which, again, if we just wind back those steps, then isn't that just a relationship with wow. God by works? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's all about... Yeah, anyway. it's, it's all about works. And it misses the whole point of why the Holy Spirit comes. The primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is to change our hearts so that we can become like Jesus. As the mm. Bible says here in Romans 5, verse 5, it is all about love. Give you, give, let's go to John, John, Gospel of John, chapter 16, mm-hmm. verse 7 to 11. John, chapter 16, verse 7 to 11. John 16, 7 to 11, where the Bible says... But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Okay, so different number of different functions of the Holy Spirit that we have right here. What are they? Uh, so we have the Holy Spirit. It convicts the world. Well, it says it's an advocate. For us, uh, furthermore, it convicts the world of sin, and it speaks of God's righteousness to us, um, and and of coming judgment. Yes. So it, it teaches us and it speaks to us about these things. Absolutely. And so, actually, we can continue on there with uh, while we're there, verse 13 as well. In verse 13, the Bible says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. 
And if we go back to John chapter 14. John, John chapter 14. <clears throat> chapter 14. Over there. And which verse are we reading? And then we're going to go back over these. But let's go to verse 26. In John 14 and verse 26, where the Bible says, But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Okay, so notice here we have this repetitive theme over and over and over and over again. This is where Jesus is introducing the concept of the Holy Spirit to his disciples. They've been pretty fuzzy on this. Mm-hmm. The Bible in the Old Testament has a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the disciples, you know, mm-hmm. the Jews in the first century seemed to be pretty fuzzy about what it was all about. And so Jesus is like, okay, the Holy Spirit is going to do all of these things. And he begins by saying, he will teach you all things. Then the Bible says in verse 13, John 16, 13, uh, he will guide you in all things. Mm. And then in 16, verse 7 and 8, he will convict you of all things. Mm. And so Jesus doesn't come to his disciples and say, look, I'm going away and when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to give you all of these gifts. Mm. No, says nothing about that. <clears throat> he talks about the most important part. Mm. And the most important part is he's going to teach you what the truth is. Once you know what the truth is, he's going to guide you in the truth so you don't step out of the truth. While you, When he's guiding you in the truth and you do step out of the truth, he's going to convict you so that you come back into it again. Mm-hmm. That's the primary work and function of the Holy Spirit right there. You know what's so funny about this passage, though, in John 16? Um, I've heard Muslims use this as proof that Muhammad is the last prophet. Uh, which particular verse? In chapter 16, they say, well, they read chapter 16 and it says uh, in verse 7, uh, but in fact, it is best that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. And they say that advocate there who teaches us of truth and convicts the world of sin and righteousness, they say, you know, they're, they're taught, I guess, by their uh, Muslim teachers or whatever it may be. Oh, this is talking about Muhammad. Okay, so and a very they, easy way to answer that question. They just have to go back the chapter, and we just read it, 14 verse 26, where the Bible and says... Jesus defines... Yeah, oh, the advocate and that advocate is. is the Holy Spirit. Yes. And, and and it's so funny. I've heard, like, I heard, a, I, I heard a, a Muslim person, like, teaching about this, and they're like, that doesn't sound like a ghost. That sounds like a person speaking the truth that Muhammad has written in the Quran. And, <laughs> yeah, you, just you know, I back. agree with him to a point. Uh-huh. The Holy Spirit is a person speaking the truth. That's right. It's just not Muhammad. It's just not Muhammad. It's the third person of the Godhead. That's right. Speaking the truth to our hearts and yes. teaching us of love and of convicting us of sin. Absolutely. Let's mm-hmm. go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Mm-hmm. Acts 1 and verse 8. What do you got there for us, Lawson? Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 where the Bible says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Why do you think it is that people get so incredibly sidetracked with the gifts of the Spirit? Um, why does why does the Holy Spirit for so many people become all about the gifts? Well, I guess as we read here, it says that it will give us power, yes, to be witnesses to the end of the earth. And I guess being sidetracked with the gifts, like it's it's incredibly experiential. It's this experience that you can have, and that that I think people have made a religion out of chasing. That you can chase the power and you can receive something that you don't currently have um, for the sake of either self-exaltation or feeling good. 
You know, I love all of our charismatic friends, and I, mm. I, I don't come on here to you know to pick on anybody. And there are so many different types of charismatic people, and so you know you can never generalize and say you know it's like this or that or the other. But I do find some people who pretty much ignore all of this in favor of just a few gifts, and I wonder why those few gifts mm. are looked upon. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're into our Bible study, and of course, with the quiz this morning, it is your opportunity to give us a call. So take out your phone, scroll through, find Faith FM Breakfast Show number, and get ready to hit the green button, the call button. As soon as you know the answer this morning, yes. because it's a race to the phone. Today. Of course, our text no, messages aren't working. No so you can't text today. us, you have to answer on the phone. And this is a fill in the blank, all right? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the blank, blank, blank. If you know what those blanks are, 0491-064-669 is the number to call. You have to be the first caller through, 0491-064-669. And your answer, if it's correct, you'll go into the draw to win one. You'll win three of Dr. Paul White's Jungle Doctor books. you got to get onto that number. But again, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the blank, blank, blank. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I got a text message. Really? Yes. From who? Uh, somebody, a friend, uh, has my personal number, uh-huh. and they're just listening to the show. And uh, they said that uh, they just was listening to a sermon by Charles Spurgeon on the personality of the Holy Spirit yesterday. Very interesting. And they sent me the YouTube link for it. Oh, there you go. So we might see if we can share that with you guys later. We'll see, mm-hmm. see how we go. Um, so, yeah, well, I guess you just can't send a text message to the mm-hmm. to the main line phone number. Hey, you can follow me on Instagram and send me texts through there. I won't <laughs> <I might> complain. <laughs> Lawson wants more Instagram followers. <laughs> What's your Instagram handle? handle? Uh, It's Lawson Lawson W underscore, I think. If you just write in Lawson Walters, like my name, then it should come up. But, yeah, you can can follow me over on Instagram. Self-promotion. Yeah, you know, but, hey, this is what we need to do so people can contact (laughs) (laughs) Acts chapter 8, verse 4 to 24. Bit of a passage here. Mm -hmm. Like 20 verses to read through, but an interesting story nonetheless. It's a good, good thing I can read. All right. In Acts chapter 8, verse 4, the Bible says, But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was a great joy in that city. A man named Simon had been a source there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria uh, and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. 
But now people believe Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Christ Jesus. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went. And he was amazed by the signs of the great miracles that Philip performed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given to the apostles... Uh, that laid their hands on the people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You can have no part in this, for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord, perhaps... He will forgive you for the evil thoughts. For I can see that you are filled, uh, you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. Pray to the Lord for me, Simon exclaimed, that these terrible things you've said won't happen to me. After testifying and preaching the word of the Lord in Samaria, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem and they stopped in many Samaritan villages along the way to mm. preach the good news. Quite a bit of a passage there. What a powerful story, though. And you can kind of see what's going on. You know, mm. Simon the Sorcerer has had a lot of influence in this particular city for a long time through sorcery. Yeah. But then a power turns up that is more powerful than the powerful power of Satan, and he recognizes that this is a greater power. You know, sorcerers operate obviously under the power of Satan, but this is a power that is greater than the power of Satan. And he's like, wait a minute, these guys have way more power than what I've got, mm. and so I want that same power um, how will I get it? Well, I will get it in exactly the same way as I've received power in the past. I'll mm. go and buy it. You know, because you can buy, buy the power of Satan. There's, you know, there's any amount of people out there who will uh, sell it to you. Mm. And when it comes to the power of Satan, then there are people who are more than happy to make money out of it. Mm-hmm. Here he comes to these guys, and Peter's like, you're in the gall of bitterness and jealousy. Mm. What does it say in my translation? It's pretty strong language here. Um, I perceive thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. (laughs) So this guy was not just like, oh, here's something better. This guy was like, I've lost my influence. Yeah. I used to be the most influential person in this city Mm. and now I'm super upset that I have lost my influence. Mm. And so as a result of that, he is then, you know, he's like, okay, um, let me just buy it. I'll just buy it. And this is, guys, he's not Simon the Sorcerer at this point. This is under the guise that, like, he's been baptized and has become a Christian. Yes. And yet those feelings persist within him. He's like, oh, I want to be as powerful as these guys. Okay, so the question that comes up then is, how is this very same attitude still being manifested in our Oh, day? that's a good question, Lyle. How is it this same attitude of, I'll buy the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. still manifested today? Well, guys, if you want to buy a 12-pack of ritual anointing oil, 
that will enable the Holy Spirit to do great works. It's just six hundred and forty-seven dollars for a twelve-pack, a twelve-pack twelve of tiny, like couple-ounce bottles of anointing oil. Was got some canola oil in it or something? <laughs> something. Nah, they probably they 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 probably put some extra virgin in there. You know, probably some, some extra virgin and a few perfumes yeah. and essential oil. That's and stuff right. Like that. Probably made it a little bit special. But still, how much was that again? $647 for a 12-pack from richoils.com. Please don't go there. Please don't <laughs> no, go there. I'm please not, go to Jesus. I'm, I'm promoting this as a joke. Please don't go there. The sad thing is that that's actually a real thing. That took you, like, what, all of I literally typed, seconds. as soon as you said, how are people doing this today? I'm like, I know exactly how. I wrote an anointing oil into Google, and this is what come up. That was, like, on the top? Yeah. This is this is the ads. On Google, someone's ads. paid for this ad space. Was that ad second ad, third ad? First yeah, ad? the third, the third ad a lot. Third ad, because the third ad is always the most powerful ad on Google. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. The third most, ad's the third most. Is, third ad is the one that the is most, most reliable on. ones. Wow. That's most clicked on. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, and you know the other thing that I see, you know, in a broader context, is that Simon was looking at the gospel, mm-hmm. and if we if we just broaden it, he was looking at the gospel as merchandise. Yes. And uh, the history of merchandising the gospel has never, ever gone away. Mm-hmm. You look at through the Dark Ages, you know, they, they, they built St. Peter's Basilica by selling mm. the gospel wow. to people, selling forgiveness of sins, mm. you know, one of the greatest buildings in the medieval world. Yes, indeed, there is so much more that we could talk about this, but we don't have time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're going to have question of the day. Before we do, we're going to give you some answers for the quiz, but we're going to leave the last question open. We're going to, because we've, we've had some answers come through, but they're wrong. So, uh, 0491 is the number to call or text. I'll give you the question in a little bit. Hey, Nath- these are some of the answers though for today. Nathaniel doubted if any good thing can come out of what city? That was Nazareth. What does the name Emmanuel mean? God with us. True or false? The Bible says that sheep and other barn animals were present at Jesus' birth. That was false. And finally, okay, we're going to leave this open, guys. You can give us a call. 491 For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, uh, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the blank, blank, blank. If you know what those blanks are, you can only call us today. Our phone lines are down. Zero four nine. Uh, our text lines are down. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to call again. Uh, and and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the blank, blank, blank. If you know what those blanks are, 0491-064-669. Or if you were just listening to the song we were just listening to. Yeah. Then you would know the answer. Then you would absolutely know the answer. But right now it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, our question of the day today is, was it wrong for David to eat the showbread in 1 Samuel 21, 1-6? Okay, so if we go over to 1 Samuel chapter 21, let's flick over there very quickly and see what the Bible says. Interesting story here, and one that has definitely created some controversy down through the years because of the way that Jesus quoted it. 
Oh, so the Bible says that David came to Nob, to Abimelech the priest, and Abimelech was afraid of David and said, Why have you come alone and no one with you? And David said to Abimelech the priest, The king has commanded me a business and has said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business uh, whereabout I send you, what I have commanded you, and I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. Now, therefore, what is under your hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand, or what there is present. And the priest answered uh, David and said, There's no common bread in my hand, but there is hallowed bread, if the young men have kept themselves at least from women. And the David answered the priest and said, Of a truth, women have been kept from us for about these three days since I came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in a manner common. Yes, though it were sanctified this day in the vessel. So the priest gave him hallowed bread, and there was no bread there except for the showbread that was taken from before the Lord to put hot bread in the day when the Lord it was taken away. And so basically the custom of the showbread was like this. It would be replaced every day. You would have two piles of six uh, loaves of bread in each pile, so 12 uh, piles of bread in total, and it would sit on the table of showbread in the holy place, in the temple, and it was not to be wasted. It wasn't allowed to go off or rotten or moldy or anything like that. Um, it would be taken out of the temple by the priests, and it was to be eaten by the priests. Now, the challenge here, of course, is David turns up and he's like, I'm hungry, I need some food, and he tells a lie. It's like, Saul has sent me on a mission. Saul, no, Saul had not sent him on a secret mission. He was running for his life. And so he tells this lie, and he's like, I need to eat. And the priest is like, well, the only food we've got here is leftover showbread. So this is not showbread that was sitting on the table of showbread. This is showbread that had been removed and been replaced with hot showbread or fresh showbread. And so the question asked David a couple of uh, questions about him and his men. Have you been staying pure? And David's like, yep, we have. And so David goes and eats the showbread. And clearly this was something that was uh, wrong because in Leviticus 24 and verse 9, the Bible says that only the priests were allowed to eat the consecrated bread or the showbread. And if that was the only passage that we had, we would just simply add this to a list of other sins that David committed. What's interesting is that Saul turns up just after this. Abimelech loses his life. And so do all the priests except for one. There's only one that actually survives this. But Jesus quotes this particular passage. You'll find it in Mark and Matthew and Luke when the Pharisees accuse him of allowing his disciples to work on the Sabbath day, when they grabbed a bit of grain as they were working through a field and ate that bit of grain. And so Jesus quotes this back to them in response to that answer. And so it would assume it would assume that in times of necessity, uh, that Jesus is pointing out that you can do things a little bit differently because the principle here, of course, is a principle of staying alive. Mm. And if it involves somebody staying alive versus starving to death, then uh, you know the the laws the ceremonial laws of the sanctuary and of the temple were all about staying alive and that is the priority that comes in first anyway and just a quick reminder to keep christopher randall one of our super fans in prayer as he just lost his oldest Mm. daughter don't forget as you go through this day to talk faith live faith act faith and you will grow strong in jesus christ Thank you.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.